Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we are here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Bill Perry from Redwood Software join us. Bill, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself, your role, and your organization. Well, thank you very much, Anna. I would be happy to. Mm -hmm. um, I am here at Redwood as the uh, Director of Enablement uh, of an amazing company that specializes in um, uh, process automation and robotic software and some really fantastic stuff in the financial close world. Um, and for me, I am just a poor kid from northern New Hampshire living in Texas now. My, uh, the first half of my career I started in, um, in the U.S. Coast Guard and I spent many of my, the majority of my time uh, studying training, training development, process improvement, human performance, instructional design. Um, and my last three and a half, four years in the Coast Guard, I was working at a training center, giant think tank. So I developed a real passion and love for um, training and teaching and coaching and understanding the process behind it all. And then uh, I jumped in, when I left the Coast Guard, I jumped into the sales world and I realized that there's a great disparity between training and what actually happens out in the street. Mm -hmm. My first sales job, my, uh, I, I, I go off to sales training, I'm fired up, I'm excited, yes, because I'm in the military, you know. And uh, I come back and the first thing my sales manager says to me, he says, Bill, don't worry about what I told you, I'm going to show you the right way to do it. Oh. <laughs> so from where I came from, that was a big red flag. Um, and then he goes on to say, what I want you to do is I want you to hang out with Bob next week. Okay, so you just told me that training's wrong, and now you're passing the buck to Bob. So I go, ha I go to Bob. Hey, Bob, I'm going to hang out with you this week. Guess what you think Bob said? Uh, me? Uh, why? And that was the, be my, the beginning and my passion for connecting training with real-world application, and that is something that I see all the time. You have so many sales managers out there that have been promoted into a role they really don't know how to do, and their only way of coaching and teaching is just do what I did. Just You just do what I did, you're going to do it. You're going to crush it, and that really doesn't work or doesn't help. Mm -hmm. So my career, I've either been in sales or I've been training. And uh, that really gives me a unique perspective when I'm coaching and teaching um, a, a, a seller because I know what it's like to have that quota over your head. And I know what it's like to be at the end of the quarter, end of the year, and you've got nothing. Um, and how to uh, get out of that and so that you can be productive. And... Um, be a consistent performer. Well, I love it, Bill. And I think I think that scenario is one that a lot of sales professionals encounter uh, when they go into a new organization. Mm -hmm. um, and I think specifically that that kind of first interaction with an organization is, is really critical to getting a sales rep off on the mm -hmm. right foot. I mean, you co-led a session at the Sales Enablement Society event on, on great onboarding. Mm -hmm. And I, I would love to understand from your perspective, what makes an onboarding program great? And what are kind of the core components of a successful onboarding program? Mm. So onboarding 
really has to be personalized and specific to the role that you are um, uh, trying to coach and teach. Too often, uh, we have HR that gets involved, and we've we've got HR's got we've got our onboarding that we've got to do here, and we've got these people. Oh wait, what is this sales onboarding? And we don't understand that a seller, yes, they've got to do HR onboarding because they've got to learn how to get a paycheck and how to get health care and all that other stuff. But the seller has to learn the specific things about their role and how they can be successful and what do they need to know or be able to do in order to be successful in their role. And uh, many times people create an onboarding program by assembling the kitchen sink and just throwing it at the person and saying, okay, there it is. Just go learn it. And one of two things happens. They figure it out painfully, or they say, forget this, I'm out of here. And that can be very exhausting and costly. So for me, for a really good onboarding program, there's, there's four key elements that you've got to really uh, focus on, or four buckets I like to do. First and foremost is the industry. What is the industry that this, this seller is going into? Show them how to be a student of their industry. Show them where to learn about their customers and their competitors and um, where do their customers meet, what networking groups do they participate in, what user groups do they participate in, where do their customers go to find help so that this seller can immerse themselves into and understand that the industry that they're selling into and the pains and the frustrations of their customers so that when they do engage with a customer, they're having an intelligent, business-like conversation that hopefully elevates them to the level of a trusted advisor, somebody that the customer wants to talk to, not just some knucklehead who's trying to sell them something. So the first bucket is they've got to be a student of their industry. The second is they've got to understand and know the systems that they're going to be using and what resources are available to them at their, in their job. Systems like Salesforce, Outlook, uh, how to input an order, um, what is the order process system? Because those systems need to be second nature to them. So many sellers hesitate calling somebody because they don't know how to, how to input a lead or how to finish an order or how to insert frustrating process that we have created and they don't know how to do it. Um, so you've got the industry, you've got the systems and resources, then the next thing is selling skills or selling process or selling methodology, whatever you want to do. What do your sellers or what does your company ascribe to to help your sellers do their job? Uh, who knows? It could be uh, customer-centric. It could be, yes, be solution-selling. It could be challenger-sale. It could be insert methodology, but, but we need to have an understanding of the process. And then the last thing that they need to know is the product and what are the product solutions what are the pains that we solve? Who are the competitors? What are my success stories? And I like to put them in those orders. And I, I share with sellers that um, the product is the last thing that you need to know. And so often, new hires want to, like, I just got to know the product and I want to go out there and sell. Okay, cool. But you need to know why people are buying our product. You got to know what problem our product is solving. You've got to know 
why we even created this and why is the industry in need of this. If you can understand the need and the business needs in the industry, the product's secondary. Because that same person that's begging for information on the product, what are my features and benefit, that's the first seller that's going to drop price in order to close a deal. And we don't want to drop price. We want to provide solutions, and we want to help the customer solve a pain problem. Absolutely. I love those four buckets. Um, so I think what, I, what I'd love to understand from you are maybe some of the challenges uh, that you've encountered when trying to design or implement uh, these onboarding programs within a new organization. Sure. There's a lot. There's a, there's there's many challenges. The first, the first challenge that you have to do is you have to clearly identify what does the seller need to know, or be able to do, to successfully do their job well. And just simply identifying those those key elements can make the process that much better, that much easier. So for example, sales really is simple. Who do I call? What do I say? And what are the next steps? So who do I call? We want to spend a lot of time clearly identifying who is the target customer that we're going after. Teach your sellers um, how to identify the proper target, the proper um, uh, prospective buyer. Um, Show them how to get that information. So if you can clearly identify what they need to know or be able to do, you can now back out, all right, how do I learn that? What resources are available to them? Who's my subject matter expert on this? Where can this, lear- this seller learn this information? Um, and, and too often, a lot of organizations just kind of create things without any, uh, without thinking of the end in mind. They just kind of say, okay, you just need to know this. Well, yeah, I know I need to know how to close a deal, but before I need before I know how to close a deal, I've got to learn where the hell is the guy? How do I find the guy? Okay, great. Now what do I say to the guy? What objections? Or girl, whatever whatever your pronoun want to be. Um, uh, how do I overcome this objection? What is my conversation starter? How do I engage with this customer? What is my demand creation process and methodology? And there are baby steps that you've uh, got to uh, develop these things. Now, to help you understand that, you've got to be engaged with the senior leadership. I can't emphasize the importance of this enablement process needs to be a top-down function, a top-down um, cross-functional synergistic process because they've all got to work together. Um, and if you don't have that mutual buy-in, you're not going to have any level of success. I've done it the wrong way, and it doesn't work, where you work with just the sellers. Because any teaching that you do to the sellers is, is going to be useless unless the leadership supports it. So if you can work with, if, if you can get the leaders in one room and talk about it and clearly identify it and, and help them clearly identify what are the top five things that a seller needs to know in the first week, what are the top five things that the seller needs to know in the second week, by the end of the first month, what is a, what's a reasonable expectation of our sellers and the skills that they need to know or be able to do? That just, just engaging with senior leadership and getting them in the process is, is key. And one of the things that I really like to do um, is 
when I start building a, a, an onboarding program or I'm building a pipeline generation program or I'm building anything that engages the sellers, I want the sales leadership involved. And I tell them, this is your process. This is for your team. I'm really good at this. I kind of understand it. I know how it all works. But unless you help me build this and unless you support it, we're not going to get anywhere with this. So let's do this together so that collectively we're building a program for you and your team. It's not my quota. It's your quota. I think that's a great approach. And you mentioned, obviously, sales leadership mm-hmm. um, and also cross-functional alignment. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, obviously, cross-functional alignment is, is, is critical. But why specifically for onboarding? And then who beyond the sales leadership uh, within the organization should Enablement partner with to deliver great onboarding? That's a great question. Let me tell you, let me tell a story to explain this. My first job after I graduated college, I, I went to the U.S. Coast Guard Academy. My first job was to drive a very large ship. Um, my first duty station was in San Francisco. And so when I reported aboard, a young 24-year-old kid, do you think the captain said to me, well, here you go, Mr. Perry, take the keys. She's all yours. Drive through the San Francisco Bay with all the traffic and work your way underneath the harbor. No. No, not at all. That would have been the stupidest thing for them to do. I was handed a binder. And in that binder had specific skills and knowledge that I had to clearly demonstrate to subject matter experts that I knew how to do my job. For example, I had to go into the engine room. And I had to trace oil lines and fuel lines and sewage lines. And I had to completely understand the insides of the, mach- of, the, of the engine. So that when I was driving the ship and I said all ahead flank, I knew what happened down below. I had to navigate the ship. I had to spend time with the cooks and the deckhands. And I had to touch almost every single department on that ship. Why? Because... On a cold January morning at 1 o'clock in the Alaskan Ocean, in a storm, our crew needed to know that I knew how to do my job and so that they could sleep. I was engaged with everybody. Now, how does that apply to a sales world? How many sellers do you know that leave a wake of pissed off people because The seller just doesn't give a rat's ass about what happens. I'm just closing deals. We all know that person. They're out there. And the reason why is because we don't set up a system in their onboarding process and teach them what happens when you hit send. How long does it take to install your product? And when you do order the product, what is the process to get that? What is the implementation process? What does that need to get to know? And so... My onboarding is very similar to what I did with the ship. Granted, it's not like a year and a half long, but I make sure that the sellers are engaged with sales operations, that they spend some time, even if it's 10 minutes, here are the five things that I need you to go talk to finance about. I, need, I want you to go talk to Sue so that Sue knows that you know what you're doing with your job. And there's an ecosystem, if you will, of everybody that that seller impacts. And I want to make sure that that seller engages, shakes a hand, has a face-to-face, and meets them. Not just the first week, because we all know the first week is pretty much a waste of time. The first two weeks, nobody's going to remember anything. 
So I want my seller to engage with them in the first or second week and then come back in six weeks and re-engage with them. So now that they have a better understanding of what the process is, when I hit send, when I do sell something, so that way there is a cross-functional support. The people in finance no longer are thinking, oh, those guys are just in sales. They don't like them. I don't like them. But it's, hey, how can I help the sellers do more? I like John. John knows what he's doing. So that when John picks up the phone and he calls Sue in finance, hey, Sue, I need some help. Sue wants to help because she knows that John knows how to do the job. Does that make sense? Yes, I, I love that you are helping the sellers build out their ecosystem internally. Um, that's fantastic advice. I would actually uh, love to uh, get some more advice from you, um, particularly around kind of being able to reinforce the knowledge learned during the mm -hmm. onboarding program. Mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned, the first two weeks are kind of a wash. Mm -hmm. um, and how do you ensure that what you're teaching the sellers sticks long term? Mm. Years ago, I had a a boss, wonderful human being, and he would always challenge us. How do you know, Bill? How do you know? Too often, managers send their, send their sales guys off to a quote-unquote sales training or a certification program, and then when the seller gets back and they're quote-unquote certified, we all hope and pray they can do their job because we don't know. We've all heard the term, inspect what you expect. So with onboarding, I help the managers uh, with a specific um, milestone checklist. This is the behavior that I want your sellers to demonstrate to you. And it's usually taken from uh, like a, uh, a QBR review, because every quarter you're going to review these five things of your sellers. So now with your new hires, I want you to inspect with them. And it literally is the manager um, going up to the guy or girl and saying, hey, demonstrate this to me. Show me how to do this. Too often we can be very complacent. Will uh, a manager will go up to the seller? Hey, did you do that, uh, that training that you're supposed to do? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I got it. I know how to do it. Yeah, it's great. It's easy. Okay, cool. As opposed to, hey, show me what you learned. Walk me through this. Demonstrate to me that you know how to do this. We don't want to hurt their feelings. We don't want to upset them. We don't want to challenge them or embarrass them. Forget that, dude. Show me that you know how to do your job. That key element is important. So, so for a confirmation of learning, which is a, the, technical the technical term in instructional design, you can, you can do a quiz, which really just means they just know how to take a quiz. Um, they can demonstrate it to you. You can see them in action. What I like to do with uh, onboarding is um, several levels of of confirmation of learning. One, sure, we'll do a quiz. You went through this module, take this quiz, fantastic. But I'm also gonna pair you up with a, a mentor. One of, your, one of your teammates, and who you choose for a mentor is important, sidebar in that conversation. You wanna make sure that you find 
young sellers that want to become leaders and want to become managers. You don't want to just hand it off to somebody and say, hey, can you walk this guy through it? Because that you're going to demonstrate to the mentor how you, that you know how to do the job. But I also want to build the behavior and the comfort level that it's okay to talk to your peers because I want a room full of sellers to coach each other. I want a seller to totally screw it up on the phone, hang up, and look to his peer and go, dude, what the hell did I just do wrong? Let's walk through this. Can you, let's, where did I blow it? Oh, Bob, I heard you. Man, you really you ran into that challenge. Why don't we try this? Let's do a quick role play. Because if my onboarding is working correctly, you can walk through the sales floor and you can hear the sellers coaching each other. That allows the manager to go do other managerial things. So I went on a couple of tangents here. Um, so the confirmation learning, you want to do a quiz. You want a coach, uh, a peer coach. You want a manager to do spot checking. And, I'll, and then um, another element that you can do uh, is you can have kind of like an informal session at the end of the onboarding, you can bring the new hire into a room, conference room, and walk and go through their, uh, their training. Demonstrate to us, show it to us. So this idea, I'm going back to my ship. When I had completed my entire program and I finished, I checked off all those, all those um, boxes that I had to do and I spent all that time with subject matter experts, I still wasn't qualified. I had to spend time, I had to sit in a room with the captain of the ship and the second in command of the ship and my boss and the weapons officer and like two other people. It's like this, con just imagine a conference room with VPs and the entire C-suite grilling you and asking you questions. Okay, if, if something happens, what do you do? If this situation occurs, walk me through it. If we're import, what happens here? So you can do the same thing with a seller. So you get a seller that goes through an onboarding pr program. They've completed their eight weeks, six, eight weeks, 10 weeks, whatever it is. Now, bring them into a room. Bring the VP of sales in, bring a regional manager in, bring a sales manager in, bring somebody from finance, bring somebody from sales operations. Put them in a room and grill them. Hey, demonstrate to me. How do you do your prospecting? Show me how you, what your operating rhythm is and demonstrate to me what, how you're gonna set up your weekly schedule. Walk me through what your quarterly review is going to look like at the end of the quarter. Demonstrate to me uh, where you find prospecting. Let's do a quick role play. That simple, that simple exercise can take 40 minutes, half an hour. But imagine all the work and preparation that's going into it. If you tell your sellers in week three, hey, in four weeks, you're going to be meeting with the VP of sales, you're, uh, these five people, and you're going to demonstrate your clear understanding of this material. I'd be willing to bet their pucker factor goes up and they're going to get really quick about learning it and being able to demonstrate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think 
you know, sales can be a, a stressful role, and that's a situation they should be able to handle, mm-hmm. um, and it prepares yeah. them well for the field. So mm-hmm. we've talked a little bit about how you kind of measure um, retention of the knowledge from onboarding within mm-hmm. reps. How would you say you measure the success of onboarding as a whole back into your organization and particularly mm-hmm. your stakeholders? Yeah. So in sales, it's real easy. Are you selling? Are you closing deals? And in the past couple of years, I've really been thinking about this and and of having some really fun and challenging conversations that usually involve alcohol and late nights. Um, So often I hear sales enabled people get all excited about time to the first deal. Let's reduce the time to the first deal. Well, I'm going to throw the BS flag on that because I think that is a stupid marker. Please do. <laughs> because how many times do we hand things to new new salespeople? How many times do we just go, oh, here, just try it. Close the deal. Let's walk them through this. That's BS. Stop. I think the best marker of a success is the time to pipeline. When you have reached X amount of quality pipeline, now – You've got it because the lifeblood of a seller's process is not the deals that they close. It's the pipeline that they generate, quality pipeline. You teach a seller how to get quality pipeline, they cannot fail, period. I think that is an excellent metric uh, to be tracking the success of an onboarding program. It sounds like you're going to be very busy for the next year, Bill. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Oh, absolutely. Happy to. To our audience, thank you for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, please visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.